Hi everyone, this is Danny. And this is Sharissa, ready to bring you Looking Up. Starting right after this song. Out for me. 
look up, child. Ooh, upward I look and see him there, who made an end of all my sin. After all that I've been through, who on earth can I turn to? I look to you. I look to you. Good afternoon, everyone, and you are listening to the Looking Up program. We are coming to you live from our studio here in the Hunter region, and we're so excited. Well, I'm speaking in in uh, in the plural here. But I'm here with Shell, our wonderful producer, and I forgot your name, Peter, who's joining her. She's got uh, extra hands on deck today. It's good to have you here, Peter. And Pastor Dan is actually not here in studio today. He is going to be listening from afar, but I will be joined by my husband here in just a few moments. We are excited to be discussing a really important topic. And uh, I'm going to let him tell us a little bit more about that just a little bit later. And I'm really excited to be here because I've actually not been with you all for a few weeks. Uh, Justin and I have been on a wonderful trip to the United States of America. We got back just last week and uh, we've had a wonderful time. And we'll share a few things of our journey there, a little bit about our experience. But um, yeah, really looking forward to being back here with all of you. And certainly, as this is a live program, we'd love to have any questions, comments, interactions from you from our studio number here. So if you have something you'd like to say or share uh, with us, a question to ask even, please don't hesitate to text us on our Looking Up program studio number here, which is 488 817-624. And of course, as always, we want to encourage you to uh, go back and check out the past episodes of this broadcast on the faithfm.com.au website. You can there find all of the Looking Up programs uploaded as a podcast, which you can browse at your ease and enjoy. And I would also encourage you to download the app. If you haven't already got the Faith FM app, you should get that because it will ensure you can hear us no matter where you are, so long as you have data, because sometimes the towers don't always have a good signal up in this region. So I'm not quite sure what um, Pastor Danny was doing with you all over the last few weeks, but Shell's going to inform me of what he was doing. Was he behaving himself? You weren't listening <laughs> no, in. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> so he had guest um, interviews on each week okay. that were like uh, filling in for the whole two hours, just sharing their testimonies. Yeah, basically, and. Yeah, it was really, really a blessing. So for anybody who didn't get to hear them, you need to definitely find them on our podcast. We had three amazing stories. Awesome. Well, I will check that out. And no, I haven't been listening, unfortunately. <laughs> I was just saying to Shell before the broadcast, I actually haven't uh, watched the news for about five weeks. So there's so much that has happened. And we've got lots to discuss as we talk about current events in light of Bible prophecy and the soon return of Jesus. So much to keep looking up for. Well, we're now going to be Blessed by this song from the Jordanaires called Peace in the Valley. And after that, Justin and I will bring you some more commentary. Well, I'm tired and so weary, but I must go along till the Lord comes and calls me. 
calls me away. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Where the morning is bright and the lamb is the light and the night is as fair as the day. Oh, yes. There will be peace in the valley for me. And the wolf will be tame And the lion shall lay down with the lamb Oh, yes Oh, yes, and then the beast from the wild Will be led by a little child And I'll be changed I'm changed from this creature that I am the Jordanaires bringing to us Peace in the Valley, a familiar tune to me. It's a good golden oldie. And you are listening to the Looking Up program and we are here now together, Justin and I here in studio. How are you? I'm blessed. Happy to be back on Faith FM. Praise the Lord. I am happy to be here with you. And really enjoying what Danny would call a delicious Wednesday (laughs) afternoon. It is a beautiful day, isn't it? It is. I went for a run, the first run in a couple of weeks and... uh, Enjoyed it thoroughly. And I don't even love running. Well, I didn't used to love it. I love you it just now. ran a half marathon, so <laughs> that might be changing. But uh, yeah, we are looking forward to a good Bible study together. Did you want to give our listeners a little hint at where we're going? Yes, sure. The mess, the uh, Bible study, that's not a mess, but uh, I was going to say message. <laughs> the Bible study that uh, we'll be taking a look at and walking through together is called Less is More. Okay. So see if you can guess correctly what uh, what our topic is, but the title is Less is More. All right. 
Well, if you want to uh, have a guess, you're welcome to do so. Our studio number is 04-888-17624. And, uh, you know, as we've been away, I was saying to Shell and to our listeners just before you got here, I was saying that I haven't watched the news for a little while. But uh, as I was preparing for our our program this afternoon, I had a look and boy, there's so much going on in mostly the world. Mostly bad news, isn't it? It's mostly bad news. Um we should probably start with some good news. Um, the good news is that tonight we're in the semi-finals. Yes, Australia, with the, England. The Matildas are going going head to head with England, and That's I was right. just reading an article about that here um, before this uh, before we went live, and it says Matildas mania sweeps Australia ahead of England semi-final. And this is this is interesting. A month ago, this 24 year old girl she'd never sat through any match for any kind of sport. Now she lives and breathes football <laughs> and she's not the only one i think the whole country is pretty excited about what's going on but you know even more exciting than the matildas there's something even more exciting that's going on and what is it justin can you remind me jesus ah looking is, up yeah jesus is coming again <laughs> that's even more exciting than the matildas sorry i was i caught him we obviously there. didn't plan that <laughs> No, he didn't, but he knows it in his heart. He's very excited. Even more excited than any football game is the hope that we have that this world with all of its pain and sorrow and suffering is not our final home. The Bible promises us that Jesus will come again. It's That's the resounding right. theme of Scripture. That's right. And even the best things in this world, not just pain, the sorrow, all the negative things, not only will heaven and eternity be without those negative things, but it'll be infinitely better than the best things that we've experienced here. Because the best positive things we experience here are just a foretaste, a little picture of the joys in heaven for eternity to come. Psalm 16, verse 11, David says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And so that is something to hold on to. And I say that, you know, against the backdrop of the football match tonight. But there is a lot of other painful things, very sad things that have gone on. Um, you and I were just over in America. We were mm -hmm. in California, and uh, we spent a few days in Kansas City where we were at a convention called ASI. Mm -hmm. And it was it's, uh, what, How would you describe that? It's a convention for, for Christian, and it's primarily Seventh-day Adventist ministries and individuals that come. Basically, Christians who want to learn how to share Christ in their workplace. It's mm -hmm. primarily businesses and business owners and business people and ministries. and But there are medical professionals and people of all walks of life. Sharissa was actually one of the speakers for the event, which was a great blessing, on the last Saturday morning. And so we went to Kansas City, Missouri for the first time, and uh, we're blessed to be there while we were there, we ran into a friend who's American, um, but she has lived in Australia for a while as a Bible teacher at uh, Eastward Missions. She's been a literature evangelist and just a really exceptional and lovely person. Uh, we briefly saw her and uh, greeted her, and then we received some really tragic news shortly after. That's right. Uh, her name is Joy. And we, she came by and greeted us while we were there at the mm -hmm. convention. And that's why this is so shocking to us. 
um, and to so many, uh, even more so to others who, who were much closer to her, uh, she fell. They were hiking. There's a group of them. Uh, they were hiking over in Wyoming in the Grand Teton National Grand Park. Grand Teton. thank you. I didn't know how to say that. Um, they were hiking, and she, on her descent from the mountain, must have grabbed onto some rock ledge that gave way, and she fell and died you know, instantly when she hit the ground. Fell 50 meters. I think it was 100, was it 50 meters? Yeah, yeah. 150 feet, yeah. 50 meters, and just... What a shock. Mm. Uh, did she do something in leper colonies? I think She worked in a leper colony in China, reaching out to the people and ministering to the people there. She's really served God and served humanity in some amazing and beautiful ways. And it's such a tragedy, like yeah. such a, a loss. It's so surreal because we saw her just days right. before. We saw her and less than a week later, she, you know, her life was in this world was ended and um, very painful time for those, and maybe some of our listeners knew her uh, mm. as well. And um, what a her name? Did we tell everyone her name? Joy Cho. Yeah, that was her, her name. Joy Cho. Joy Cho, and a beautiful, beautiful Christian lady who loved the Lord, and she spent her life looking up. I guess you could put it that way. She she spent her life living for Jesus, wanting to help people find their hope and and fulfillment and meaning in Him, uh, wanting to help them live healthy, better lives. Mm. What a legacy to leave behind. Yeah. And um, yeah, very sad story. But what a hope that we have in God's word where Jesus says, you know, that one day soon he will come and the dead in Christ, the Bible says, will rise mm. first. And that's yeah. now that's now what we look forward to for for joy. That's right. She, she will see Jesus come. Absolutely. And it's an encouragement to all of us who... Um, like I have no doubt that joy will be there on that resurrection morning when Jesus Absolutely. comes. Um, and to those of us who are still alive, our decision may still, and maybe for some of our listeners, it may yet be in the balance mm -hmm. where we've not fully decided if we're going to commit our lives to Christ. And for those of us who have, will we endure? Will we continue by mm -hmm. looking to Jesus and by looking up? Because really that day is something that we are not going to want to miss. Absolutely. And we are certainly living in times where death can touch us at any moment. Um, Joy never would have anticipated that this, you know, that was how would happen, you know, that would happen to her. But um, thinking too about what's going on in Hawaii, what went on in Hawaii, mm. and now, you know, recovering from yeah. these terrible wildfires. I mean, I'm just looking at the latest news sources today saying that there are 106 people that they've you know, it's discovered been killed so far, but according to the governor, like thirteen hundred missing still. Still thirteen hundred missing, mm. and they've only searched through about twenty-seven percent of the area wow. that's been burned, which means there's still a lot more um, places to look. And oh, just you kind of find it hard to believe that something like this could happen in Hawaii, you know, mm. of all places. But um, again, in a world where life is very fragile. Um, this, you know, uh, constant reminder for each of us to really make sure that we have our hearts surrendered mm. to the Lord. We want to just live surrendered to Him because you don't know tomorrow yeah. isn't promised to any of us. That's right. We must live today and live for Jesus today. Absolutely. And, you know, there are the reality is that um, everything on this planet, when Jesus comes again, the Bible says that. Um, that fire will devour everything on the planet. And if it happens to our belongings now, 
um, and God allows that, um, so be it. But to lose everything and to lose our lives in the fires at the end would be far worse mm. than losing everything we own in fires now because our soul, our life is something that fires cannot devour if we've surrendered it to God. Mm. And um, that's something beautiful that everything can be taken away from us in life. But if we have hidden our hearts in Christ with God, then we are safe. I feel like you're going to touch on this point a little bit more later on. <laughs> Don't gonna, give it away. We, okay, People are still trying to I guess. <laughs> I would like to uh, just read this and um, read this Bible verse, which I think adds to what we're talking about. Second Timothy 3 verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. And that word perilous means times of stress. <laughs> and we're living in these times where of great stress, not only financial hardship, but also these, you know, um, various disasters that can cause your heart to feel quite stressed at, at times. It's in these times that Jesus wants us to be looking up. Lift up your heads, look up, because mm. your redemption is drawing near. And uh, on this note, just something of interest, somebody actually texted me, one of our listeners, I'm not sure if you're listening, Patrice, but she sent me a text this morning. I didn't get to reply, but this is my reply, and I'll reply on text later after this program. She sent me a, a, a little a video, which is quite interesting, about a book that's already been released about the... Um, the recent fires in Hawaii, would you believe? Mm. It's called Fire and Fury, the story of the Maui fire and its implications for climate change. Mm. Is gripping and is, is a gripping and eye-opening account of one of the most devastating wildfires in Hawaii's history. This this book chronicles the events of August eight to eleven. What's the date today? It's the sixteenth. Yeah. A book is coming. Five out. days later. Five days later. And it's the sixteenth in Australia, so it's only the fifteenth there. Yeah, listen to this. The book describes the harrowing experiences of people who lived through the fire as well as her heroic efforts of firefighters and rescuers who battled the flames. It examines the causes and consequences of the fire locally and globally and exposes the vulnerability of it. All of this happens, including uh scientific research, eyewitness accounts, official reports, media coverage. I just can't believe that a book Quickly, this quickly. Was There's released. only two things that come to my mind. Yeah. It had to be a team of people working on it as quickly as they could, or it's just AI. Yeah, I think it could be AI. It's just amazing, like, though. Like five days? Four days, because it's days. still the 15th in, a, in, in that Hawaii. That is true. Very good point. So four days. Crazy. And the book is churned out. It does make you wonder, like, might they have written a book where the majority of it could have applied to any terrible wildfire tragedy, and mm -hmm. then they just... Plugged well, in the details like the testimonies, the people, and maybe but that still would have been a lot of work to still, put those together. It still seems like it's very specific to this yeah, crisis. Yeah. So anyhow, interesting stuff. Um, have you got anything you wanted to share in this? You want me to keep? I've got just to just keep, keep going. Just keep I'll, going. I'll think of <laughs> if I think of something, I'll jump in. All right, all right. Well, there's some some interesting news and maybe some good news for some people, but the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is facing fury over crackdowns on gender-neutral toilets. The UK Prime Minister is facing strong criticism following the government's decision to tighten regulations concerning gender-neutral public toilets. The new directive mandates that all upcoming constructions must include separate facilities for each 
gender.、Mm. Um, it's because they feel that、uh, the like all seventy-two genders. <laughs> it's a lot of bathrooms. I think it's just male and female. We're going to、okay. now.、Um, the Minister for Equality has emphasised that the prevalence of gender-neutral toilets has eroded the essential entitlement of women and girls to maintain their quote privacy, dignity, and safety. And that's true.、Mm. I mean, it's good.、Uh, given、yeah. what you know, you you hear coming out of these of you know places that have embraced、mm. these gender-neutral toilets. When we were in the states, I actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to share that. Yeah, yeah. That's why I thought this article was interesting. But you go ahead, tell us. So we were in Taco、experience. Bell, which I really miss. Taco Bell in America is great. Here in Australia, it's not really Taco Bell. It, they don't do the、we、same. We do、beans. Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, I heard there's a Taco Bell in Melbourne. Maybe it's better than Taco Bell. But anyhow, if you're、um, if yeah, it's not real Mexican food. It's in a different category. But it's great when you're on the road and you want something healthy and tasty. If you're like me, and so we stopped there on our way to the airport, going to Kansas City, my parents and Sharissa and baby Judah and I. So as we were leaving, I got up and went to the bathroom, and on the bathrooms it had like a symbol of a man and slash, and then a symbol of a woman, both of them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll just pick one. So I went in the one on the right, and it had like you know multiple toilet stalls and. Anyhow, so I use one of them, and then I go to wash my hands, and my mom comes out of the other <laughs> one, and I was like, "Wow, that is the only time in my life I've ever used a public restroom, the same one as my mom. How strange is that?" Yeah,、right? well, yeah, that is weird. It was I went、bizarre. to the doors, and there were this, you know, those two symbols, and I actually did a double take. I thought, wait a minute, is this the right one or is this the right one? And I, I read it twice. I read all the signs around, and I couldn't see any difference, so I just picked one. When I went in, the door that goes into the bathroom yeah, with all the cubicles has a lock. Has a lock. So、yeah. I locked the whole bathroom to myself. Yeah, that's good. That's really <laughs> I healthy. I didn't know if you should. I missed that. Yeah. But、um, I mean, like, I don't. That's not normally a possibility,、mm-hmm. anyway. But yeah, bizarre and a strange world.、Um, on、Very、that、strange. on that note, I think you have more news you want to share. But you may have heard D- Danny and Sharissa sharing on previous Looking Ups、um, about the news. We'll share a little more of what we saw when we were in the U.S.、Yes. Little things here and there, but.、Um, It's good news that、uh, these things point us to look up as Jesus、right. soon to return. Let's let's listen to this song. Very appropriate one. Ellie Holcomb, "Do Not Worry." How appropriate. <laughs> See the birds that are singing in the spring air. They're giving everything they need. They don't worry where their next meal will come from. They don't worry about a thing. So just look around you. Try to listen to the song creation sings. Don't you worry 'cause you're in the hands of the God. Who made everything? See the flowers in their colorful beauty. They're dressed better than a king. They don't worry about what they should wear. No, they don't worry about a thing. So just look around you. Try to listen to the song creation sings, and don't 
Everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Yeah, something that I'd just like to, to share from the news, some first-hand news from Sharissa and I, no, it's not a personal life update, but something we saw when we were in America that lines up with the news. Um, you know, if you've been following the news at all, you've seen that in the state of California, they have now made it illegal for someone to be prosecuted for stealing something as long as it is l- worth less than 900 US dollars. Uh, yes. So I've heard it's now up to like 3,000. I found that but... really hard to believe before we got there. And then on the way home from the airport, we stopped at Walmart to get some diapers because they don't have nappies. They're called diapers there. <laughs> we st- stopped to get some, some diapers slash nappies at Walmart and some other things. And we went to the self-checkout and there was a guy who turned around and smiled at us and walked away. We didn't think much of it. We walked up to the checkout kiosk that he was at and um, Sharissa said, hey, wait a minute, he didn't pay. <laughs> it's asking us for like $32. So I went and told the the store lady, the girl that was there, it's supposed to keep this kind of stuff in check. And um, she didn't even look in the guy's direction. He was already out the door, but he didn't. she didn't even look it's in true. his direction. She just came over to the kiosk, waved her little card and said, pushed the button and Clean said, yep, yeah, go ahead, you can use it now. And there's somebody at the door checking receipts. Yeah, he walked right past him. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah, so we told my parents about it, and they're like, yeah, it just it happens. And I think it's just God is actually very mercifully holding chaos in check, like holding chaos back from happening, because think about it. If 50% of the people that went into Walmart did that and just walked out with stuff, like, what would the world be like? Not just Walmart, but all the stores. More businesses would go broke than have been going broke. And it's just God's mercies that that kind of thing hasn't happened more. It's happened in San Francisco, and many businesses have gone broke. But we saw it firsthand. Yes, pretty, we pretty totally wild. Did. We only saw it once, thankfully. But yeah, things there are um, are are pretty crazy. And it's encouraging, in a sense, to know that so many people, um, so many people have a moral compass still mm. to not do that. You know, that was encouraging to see. Um, the majority of people obviously paying for what they're buying. One other thing I would say is as we traveled, it was refreshing. Now, this is our first time on an airplane in four years. So like 
we've I can't say I've missed it, but <laughs> No, I mean I've missed traveling but not traveling. No, you know what I mean? Like I've missed do. being other places but think, not that travel part. I think having our little baby in tow made it <laughs> that was crazy. a little more. Sharissa was a champion a though. Like he slept, he you know, she fed him at the right times. It was he did he really, slept, really he well. Cried, he did everything. Well, he didn't cry much. He did really well. It was it was amazing because right. you did an awesome he job. He made a lot of friends. He did. He was playing peekaboo with the person five seats behind him right. and smiling at strangers all the time. He made friends upon friends on every flight. Had, had a girlfriend every Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> New girlfriend every Sabbath. <laughs> Sometimes they were 70. That's right. Sometimes they were four. <laughs> That's right. It was really cute. Yeah. But as we've traveled, um, it was really encouraging to see that as we've seen news headlines and, you know, we hear things that are happening, we share them on Looking Up, it was so refreshing to see that the vast majority of the world is normal. Mm. You know, like when I say normal, I mean not into all the various deviances and the crazy things going so contrary to God's word. We know the world is broken. We know it's imperfect and full of imperfect people. But it was just so nice to see that like you watch the news and you hear oh. things and you think, man, the world is so messed up out there that like if I step foot out my door, sometimes you feel the whole rest of the world is really well, a mess. Granted, we were up a mountain. No, we were in San Francisco Bay Area, not San Fran itself, but we were in the Bay Area at times. Yeah. Airports. We spent all the I'm majority saying, of our time in, in a nice place. All I'm saying is be <laughs> encouraged. If you're disturbed by the trends you see in the world and you feel like you're one of the only ones left with your head on straight, know that many people are in the same category and don't want to be a part of the craziness that we see in the news. And that should be encouraging. Mm. Absolutely. Well, is there anything else you want to add? I think that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our Bible study then, All shall right. we? All right. Did you want to open with prayer? Sure. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your many blessings to us. And we thank you so much for the greatest blessing of all. And that is to know Christ and the joy that comes from knowing him, the abundant life that you bring us here and now, and the eternal life that you have promised us beyond this world. So, Lord, as we study your word, I pray that those who are listening would be blessed. We ask that you would speak to us as well. Uh, those of us here in the studio, may we be challenged, may we be encouraged, may we be corrected if necessary. And Lord, when all is said and done, may we have a deeper commitment to serve you. We pray these things thanking you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Our study topic is Less is More. And if you were listening earlier, I encouraged everybody to try to guess what the message is about. I'm sorry that we probably don't have time to take texts uh, <laughs> as to people's guesses before we dive in. Maybe we'll do that another time. You might be thinking, maybe it's talking about speaking. Like sometimes less is more. Often when I'm writing a, a text message or, or an email, and it's a big one, I'll ask Sharissa's thoughts, and she says, less is more. That is true. Justin has a gift of writing lots of words. <laughs> Wonderful words. And when I, I think if we knew each other when we were studying writing essays in high school or whatever, you wouldn't have had the problems that I had. Like I was always trying to fill the word count, <laughs> and you probably had to cut down. <laughs> Nah, it, yeah, nah, depended, depends on uh, when in high school it was. I okay. was that way for part of it too. But yeah, now nah, sometimes I can be rather verbose now and, and say a bit more than is needed. Um, 
The Bible says in Proverbs 17, verse 28, even a fool seems wise when he holds his peace. Mm. That's so true, isn't it? Speaking less <laughs> is often more. Mm -hmm. And people will think, hmm, they haven't said anything. They're really smart. They're it's sitting true. in the corner just listening. And uh, we can do a whole lot more listening than we do often if you are like me. But words are not what this uh, Bible study is about today. Our Bible study today is primarily looking through a parable in Scripture. Luke chapter 12 is where it is. So if you have your Bible, I invite you to go there and to grab your Bible, open it up to Luke chapter 12. If you use a, a Bible on your device, then type it in, Luke chapter 12. Jesus started uh, sharing this parable. So Shira said, maybe what we'll do is we'll read it, yeah, and then we'll come back to it and break it down a little while later after we've kind of set up the the topic and what we're going to be talking about. So Luke okay. chapter 12, starting in verse 13. Easy to remember, but how Luke 12, 13. Read? Why so don't you read 21? verse verses 13 and 14 for us? Oh, we, yeah, that's right. Let's read the whole thing. We'll read through to verse 21. All right. This is what the Bible says. Then one of the crowd said to him, that's to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So he said, He who so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Mm, all right. Now, at our church, the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church, we run a food pantry every week, and we have a community meal to follow the food pantry. And that's at 5 o'clock every Thursday. Pantries from 3.30 to 5. You're welcome to come. If you're in the area and you could use some good affordable uh, produce, bread baked the day before, Baker's Delight, all kinds of affordable pro uh, food. But as we were at the community meal one week, there was a guy who was there named Jose. And... His name isn't really Jose. I'm just protecting his identity in case he uh, isn't thrilled about me sharing this. So Jose told me as we had a good conversation, and he's a nice guy. We've known him for a while now. He, um, I asked him, you know, what he likes to do in his spare time. And he said, well, I'm a collector. I said, oh, what do you collect? He said, well, lots of things, but mostly books. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, actually, I'm a hoarder. And I said, oh, okay. And uh, I'd heard the term hoarder before, but I wondered um, kind of what exactly he meant. And he said, look, I have bookcases in my house all the way up to the ceiling on every single wall, all of them packed with books. <laughs> and I said, wow, have you read most of them? And he said, nah, I don't read much. I just like collecting books. And I said, oh, okay. I like doing that too. <laughs> I guess I just don't have that many. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> Uh, and so we had a, a very interesting um, bit of a conversation, and it actually got me thinking. And since we have a break in just like 30 seconds, I'll just kind of leave a bit of a cliffhanger. But something that <laughs> happened on our trip to America kind of inspired me um, to look into this 
uh, this this topic of hoarding, and it was something to do with me as I was going through boxes of things at my parents' place that they'd been storing for some time. And I dug in and uh, found some very interesting things and recognized some important biblical connections. All right. Well, don't go away because we want to find out what Justin was thinking about after we listen to Ron and Patty Valiant bring us this song, I Will Not Leave You Comfortless. So let's enjoy this song and then we'll be right back with this conversation together. was a beautiful song Ron and Patty Valiant bringing to us I have overcome the world I think I can't remember the title of the song but that's how it finished <laughs> it was a lovely song it was a lovely song oh I will not leave you comfortless it's a scripture song how beautiful well we continue this uh, amazing Bible study but before we do Treasures for Men is today's prize giveaway, and even if you're a woman, maybe you know a man who would appreciate this book, so be listening for the code word, which is still coming up, but uh, we will release that shortly. In the meantime, the number to keep handy for that is 0488-17624, and if you have any comments or questions on our Bible study together, please uh, contribute by texting them to that number also. I should just mention as well, you know, books like this are so valuable because, you know, it's full of, like the description is, it's full of core messages, simply stated, with which men can identify on their spiritual journey. And I think that uh, one of the core issues, and we've talked about this, I think, in previous weeks um, that I've been on on looking up, is that men are under attack in society. Biblical manhood is under attack like never before. And I think that a lot of the confusion out there as regarding to um, gender identity 
is because people have not recognized their identity in Christ. Mm. And so this is an excellent book for that. We encourage you, get a copy of this book, share it with young men in your life, share it with um, nephews, get it for yourself if you're a man, and uh, be blessed. That's right. So just keep listening so you can get it. There's seven copies coming uh, that will be available shortly with the code word. That's right. <laughs> All right. Where, 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 <laughs> we want to hear what these thoughts were that struck you. Yes. You started thinking, you said. So to back up, as we were um, there in the U.S., my parents were rebuilding part of their house. And so while we were there for the first four weeks in California, we were helping them on their house. And I um, I decided that this room that they were using for storage in their house that was had a lot of things that they were storing for me, um, I was going to help them go through that. And so I found lots of old photos from when I was a kid and, you know, a box full of my little treasures and trinkets and the, the different little porcelain bears that I had up on my, you know, my dresser. dresser as I was growing up and games that I had played with, um, you know, growing up and all kinds of things. T-shirts from back in the day and clothes from when I was younger and, and this, came to my mind. I thought, man, my poor parents, I've been storing these things at their house for so many years, you know. Um, but it brought back to my mind this, and I was going through things and getting rid of some, donating some to the local, you know, community services, Adventist community services, op shops. Um, but as I was sorting through things, it came to my mind that this must be a miniature version of hoarding. <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't at the level of Jose, as we'll call him, uh, who I shared a story of earlier, who has books on every single wall in his whole house. Um, well, but I, I had a friend too when I was growing up, at, at, um, yeah, in Sydney, who, well, my mom's friend and my friend after that, but yeah, we visited her home and she she was a hoarder, a very good hoarder, and there was just this small path through her house mm. and there was this, I'd never seen so much stuff in a small space, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. That was my first experience. They call them goat tracks or goat pads. Really? Yeah. Cause they're so narrow, like, like what goats walk on yep. in the mountains. That's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. So I decided that I was going to look into this a little bit and, and research this. And I, I checked it out online and the clevelandclinic.org puts it this way, and this is just some from Wikipedia here too. Hoarding disorder, I didn't realize this, but hoarding is actually not just the natural tendency, it's a disorder, like a mental disorder. Hoarding disorder, I quote, is a mental health condition where a person feels a strong need to save a large number of items, whether they have monetary value or not, and experiences significant distress when attempting to get rid of them. It's actually a disorder in the family of anxiety because when a person who has this is faced with the question of if they should get rid of something, it's so, it brings anxiety and stress to them to imagine letting it go. Mm -hmm. And so it goes on. It is characterized by the accumulation of possessions due to excessive acquisition of or difficulty discarding them, regardless of their actual value, leading to clinically significant distress or impairment in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. And it is treatable. It's recognized by the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders, the DSM-5, and is related to obsessive-compulsive disorder. Um, and so it says experts believe it's an addiction, 
impulse control disorder, or personality trait. So it's where the inflow into your house is much greater than the outflow going out of your house. And sometimes the outflow stops completely. So someone who hoards uh, may exhibit the following. And this is from the Anxiety and Depression okay. Association of America. Um, inability to throw away possessions, severe anxiety when attempting to discard them, great difficulty categorizing or organizing possessions, indecision with what to keep and what to put, get rid of, um, suspicion of other people touching their items, obsessions and obsessive thoughts and actions like fear of running out of an item in the future. So, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, impacts life often in different ways like loss of living space, social isolation, family or marital discord, financial difficulties, and health hazards can even come into place. There was this TV show that aired on A&E Network. You can find some of the episodes on YouTube for free called Hoarders. Really? And man, if you want to see some of the, like if you can relate to what I'm saying and you feel like, man, maybe that's me to some well, I'm degree. I'm relating to what you're saying. I think we all can to a degree. Like, yeah, I do that. I feel that. <laughs> I really think that all of us can to a degree. And that's why I felt impressed to share this today. I believe that 99% of us in society have the natural tendency um to keep and to hoard. Mm. It doesn't get to the level for most of us of like severe hoarding where it's a mental disorder. But I believe 99% of us have this natural tendency to keep, to collect, to gather, to let clutter build. Um, and the other 1% of us are like Marie Kondo. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of her? Yeah. Well, you told me about her. <laughs> you wanted me to, you were listening. to downsize. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> My wardrobe. <laughs> Was I? He's now telling me how to fold my clothes. No, I folded them for you. <laughs> he's telling me how to fold them safe spacing. <laughs> safe, safe, uh, what is space saving? That's what you're uh, So Marie Kondo is kind of <laughs> like the queen of organization. Um, she's a Japanese lady who, uh, I, I listened to audio of her book, like the, something, I think the title is like the magic Japanese art of tidying or tidying or something like that. Anyway, I listened to audio of it in 2016 before, she had a show on Netflix and um, anyhow, it was really good to share some of the principles and interesting and valuable. And she was naturally born an organizer. Like she used Amazing. to ask her friends in school, hey, can I organize your locker for you? <laughs> like who thinks that's fun, right? But she loved it and she was good at it and she would make people happy. Um, so I think a very small percentage of society is naturally organized and loves to spend time and energy organizing things. Um, the other 99% of us are like me, right? <laughs> With the tendency to like, ah, oh, the shoe room needs to be organized. And I walk past it for like a year, right? Every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, it'll take like three hours. I don't have three hours right now. I'll just walk past, right? Yep. Yeah, she says, yep, because <laughs> she's she knows exactly what shoe room I'm talking about. Um, and it becomes even harder when it's sentimental stuff, right? Oh, when it's sure. things that you are uh, emotionally connected to. But mm -hmm. great principles that she has for uh, being able to let go of things and, and get rid of things. And there's some biblical principles that we'll check out too. There is a book called Child Guidance that I highly recommend for any parent or grandparent. Excellent book. And on page 114, it says this, Unclean, neglected corners in the house will tend to make impure, neglected corners in the soul. Mm -hmm. Powerful, huh? Mm -hmm. 
It's true. Like what we surround ourselves with will impact our cognitive functioning. It's true. And even our spiritual connection with God. Well, I've always felt that way about before we got married. Growing up, my bedroom, mm. like when my bedroom was a mess, like if I if I didn't have everything in the right place, I felt like my mind was cluttered mm. and like my brain was stressed. But when I had tidied my room, everything was in its right place yeah. and I could think clearly and I could, you know, process problem solving much quicker because mm. my brain had clear space. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. And... um Yes. Now let's walk back through this passage again. So, Sharissa, read verse 15 for us in just a moment, but I want to just give some background again. Jesus, the reason he tells this parable is, it says in verse 13, Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. When a Bible verse starts with the word then, Mm -hmm. what does it imply? After the something before? Yeah, of course, right? When is then? It's after the previous. Exactly. When is then? There's something that happened before. What is it that happened before this? Jesus had just given scathing rebukes to the Pharisees. And as he heard this, this man thought, ah, and it was probably a younger brother because older brothers, according to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 17, were supposed to get a double portion of the father's inheritance, of the inheritance of the family, yeah? So this is probably a younger brother who's not happy with the inheritance because no older brother would be, um, typically. So he thinks, man, I just heard Jesus giving these Pharisees these scathing rebukes. If only my brother could hear that. Mm. And sometimes I do that, (laughs) you know? Like I'm sitting and listening to a message or I'm listening to a show on Faith FM and I'm like, oh man, if so-and-so could hear this right now. Oh, so-and-so really needs to hear this. but Guilty, guilty. Sometimes <laughs> the points of the sermon hit you and you hope they're pricking everybody else around you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But this, this man, because of that, he even went to Jesus and said, Teacher, tell my brother to divide mm. the inheritance with me. And Jesus doesn't miss a beat here. He says to him, man, and that's actually a very strong way in the Bible of... of addressing someone yeah i was taken aback when i read it yeah it's not a californian just hey man (laughs) but when he says man it's it's a very strong address to him Mm. man who made me a judge or arbiter or an arbiter over you in other words jesus was saying i have more important things this is not my mission Mm -hmm. and then jesus said this and he said to them take heed and beware of covetousness For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. All right. So Jesus, in this parable, before it, in this sentence, he, and at the end of it, in another another sentence, he actually gives us a summary of the main point. So he says it, and then after the parable, he comes back and reiterates it. But he says, take heed. What's another way of saying take heed? Listen. Yeah. Listen and beware. (laughs) Yeah. Be on guard against covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses life is more than stuff right covetousness what is that word what does it mean well in the new testament the language of the new testament was greek the language of the old testament was hebrew Um, originally a few chapters are aramaic but almost completely hebrew And we're just going to look at two passages. James chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 is a passage in the New Testament that touches on this topic 
of um, of covetousness. Right. And we're going to dig into the kind of the meaning. And in Greek, the word is pleonexia, yeah. which means a greedy desire for more. Okay. And this passage gives us insight. James 1, 14 and 15 says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. All right. So, there you go. And um, we will get back to this and break down this word as we continue diving into this after a brief break. Well, we will stay now and listen to this song, Loki, All That I Need, and then we will continue this study. When I look around at all this world offers, I begin to crave the things that I see. I must keep my eyes on Jesus, my Savior. He has promised heavenly treasures to me. All that I need is my faith in Jesus. All that I need is my home above. All that I need is my Father's mercy. All that I need is my Savior's love. All the pretty toys shine brightly around me. All the pretty houses glisten and gleam. Riches seem to offer peace and contentment, but it's just a lie, it's only a dream. All that I need is my faith in Jesus. All that I need is my hope above. All that I need is my Father's mercy. All that I need is my Savior's love. All that I need is my faith in Jesus, all that I need is my home above, all that I need is my Father's mercy, all that I need is my Savior's love, all that I need is my Savior's love, all that I need, all that I need, all that I need is my Savior's love. Good song. Thank you, Shell. <laughs> yes. For finding us that great uh, song. You're listening to the Looking Up program. We are going through a Bible study, and it has come time for us to release today's code word because right. we have an amazing prize giveaway for seven people who are the first to text in today's code word. The code word is L U 2 3 Things. L U 2 3, like looking up 23. Yep. Things. Things. T-H-I-N-G-S. So if you text LU23 things to the number 04888-17624, then if you're in the first seven people to do so, today's book will be on your way to you. And Shell thinks that women would appreciate it too. <laughs> yes. um, it's entitled Treasures for Men, but the content of the book is something that men and women would appreciate. So there you go, ladies. Don't hesitate. Join in the the, um, the competition now. It's not a competition, but <laughs> the race, the race. Be in the race yes. to be in the first seven today. L U two three things. T H I N G S. Text that to zero four eight 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 one seven six two four. Yes, we were taking a look at uh, a deeper look at the word covetousness because we're looking through the parable of the rich fool. Luke 12, and um, Jesus starts it off by saying to take heed and beware of covetousness. So Sharissa just read for us before our song, James 1, verses 14 and 15. Mm -hmm. 
It says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. That word desires is pleonexia in Greek. It means uh, greedy desire for more or, or um, uh, covetousness is another translation of it. Now, this is interesting. We can't just blame the devil and say, oh, the devil made me do it or the devil tempted me. The Bible says that um, we have evil desires within us because of our broken human nature. So even if Satan and all of his angels disappeared right now, temptation would continue to pull at us because of our, our brokenness and tendency to sin. So it says, then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Isn't that beautiful metaphor right there? <laughs> I mean, well, very, it just, you can get the picture. It's true. And if you stop and think about it, it starts with desire, that, that pleonexia, that greedy desire for more, covetousness, wanting more and more. When that happens and we don't squash it in our minds and we allow ourselves to mull over something, it will essentially conceive, just like baby is conceived. And then if we continue to harbor that habit, it will give birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death if we don't surrender ourselves to the Lord and let Him change us instead. The word in Hebrew in the Old Testament is chamad. And Joshua 7 verses 20 and 21 gives us a uh, beautiful picture. Um, well, not beautiful, but a very clear picture of this word and its meaning. Sharissa, would you read uh, to us yes. the ending of the story of Achan? All right, Joshua seven twenty and 21, the Bible says, And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them, and there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. Mm. All right, so Achan confesses his sin. God had said not to to touch any of the accursed things in Jericho when they went in, but Achan uh, confesses. And there are four steps here. Notice, at first he says, when I saw. So first is he saw among the spoils, and then he describes it. Um, he says, when I saw the beautiful Babylonian garment, the silver, the gold, I coveted them, or I desired them. He molded over in his mind. Now, is it a sin to see something? No, you can't really help that. Yeah, unless you go blindfolded yeah. around in the world, right? But the problem was when he, when he meditated on it in his mind and allowed himself to, to feed that greedy desire for more, that chamad, oh, that yeah. covetousness. It reminds, is it Martin Luther that said you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop yes. them from making a nest in your hair? That's it. Beautiful illustration. So true. We can't stop sometimes what we see, but we can choose not to dwell on it. So he saw, he coveted, and he took them. Mm -hmm. So if you think about something long enough in your mind, it will only be a matter of time before when the opportunity arises, you will act upon it. It's true. And it's now so true. what is sin internally in our minds becomes sin externally in our actions. Mm -hmm. And then it says, the fourth step is, he said, there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent. Mm -hmm. So this step, this four-step series is something we see in virtually every sin and situation, even in our own lives. It follows this same pattern. Look at Eve with the fruit and Adam as well. They saw, they coveted or desired, 
they took and then they tried to hide from God. David with Bathsheba, he saw, he desired, he took, and he tried to hide his sin. Repeatedly, over and over in the Bible. And then with us, we find that it is the same thing. So when in this process, this four-step process, can God put the brakes on most significantly for us? Like when is the best time for us to let him put a stop so it doesn't go from seeing all the way to hiding what we have taken wrongfully? Making a choice of what we choose to look at? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good first step, right? Yeah. Avoid looking at that which is going to feed our carnal, you know, temptation and, and desire. Yeah, absolutely. And if we do see something and we turn away, if we do see something, to choose to not dwell, dwell upon it. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is a, a major thing. And, you know, we're bombarded in society. We're in the age of the screen, you know? where we have smartwatches and smartphones and smart TVs and Go we're, on a plane. we're not such <laughs> smart people. Everybody's got a TV on the back of the That's right. Rest. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And sometimes you can't avoid seeing certain things, but we can choose to look away. We can choose to not look on them. I love what David prays in Psalm 101 verse 3. He says, um, Lord, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Mm. I turn away from... Those who walk on right, I'm butchering and I, and the I last part. I know that we're not really talking about this right now, like um, we're talking about things, but um, we had that Bible verse written out and my mum put it on our television mm, growing up like, nice. so that we would think about what we were watching on the TV. We should probably all put that verse on our TVs, on our phones, Absolutely. on our computers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Absolutely. much problem could be stopped if we thought about that first. Absolutely. Yeah. David says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. And then in verse 7 of Psalm 101, he says, He who works deceit shall not dwell within my house. Mm-hmm. How can someone live in your house without living in your house? Mm-hmm. Through your screen, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're giving them a place in your house and they're living deceit and dishonesty and, you know, things that are unhealthy and not positive, then it's basically damaging us. And David prayed, and we should too, you know, he who works deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. And that should be our commitment uh, as well. All right, back to the parable. Luke 12, the rich fool. Moving on. So Jesus spoke a parable to them saying, verse 16, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And 17. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? All right. So was the problem that this guy, he had like, you know, an amazing crop, like his fields yielded plentifully? It's a blessing. Yeah, it's a blessing, isn't it? Yeah. But it became a problem, didn't it? Well, I guess because he didn't know what to do with it. That's it. That's it. So it says in the next part, verse 17, he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Since I have no room to store my crops. He had no room for the extra, the surplus that God blessed him with. Um, which is an indicator like of what God wanted him to do. But notice what it says in verse 18. It says, so he said, I will do this. Now, who has he been talking to so far? Before we get into verse 18 and his, his supposed solution to his problem. He said within himself. He's been talking in his head. That's right. That's it. He's been talking to himself. He's been thinking to himself. Who should he have been talking to? God. Yeah. Who gave him that extra plentiful crop? 
God. Yeah, who gave him the water for his plants? God. Who provided the sunshine for the, the, the chlorophyll? Well, <laughs> God. Who wanted him to do the wrong thing? Himself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he wanted to do the wrong thing. But the devil wanted him to do the wrong thing, right? Just yeah, had to yeah. switch it up. Yeah, you, you know, did. I was but... getting... <laughs> it's like, I know the answer. <laughs> so, obviously, God had the answer. He, he gave him this plentiful crop for a reason. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just for no reason. Now, he says this. I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build bigger and greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. So this was the solution this man came to. We know it was the wrong one because he didn't even consult God. Mm-hmm. Why else do we know it was the wrong, the wrong conclusion when we take a look at, at uh, what he said? I will do this. I'll pull down my barns, build greater, bigger ones, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. So what's the question? So I actually forgot. <laughs> oh, good. That makes two of us. <laughs> no, so I was just looking at it and another, another thought came that I was going to share later. And then, okay. yeah. So my question was like... How else do we know that it's a problem? That's right. How else do we know, besides the Maybe. fact that he didn't pray about it, how else do we know that this was the wrong thing to do? Because it's what he wanted to do. Okay, it's what he wanted to do. Sometimes we end up wanting to do the right thing. But what does he say he's going to store? All. Yeah, all my crops crops and and my my goods. goods. So he has things, he has tools, he has items that he needs to store. And as I was going through my things at my parents' place, I realized I I have lots of things right? Some of them are valuable and I don't want to get rid of them and I I am keeping them for a reason. Others of them, I'm willing to let go of so I have more space because the space for my parents is more valuable to me than my things. But he says, my crops and my goods, but it's not just some of his crops. It's all of his crops. He's keeping everything for himself Mm. for years down the line. And he Mm. says, I will store not I will give, yeah. I will keep, I will store, I will hoard. This is what the Bible says this man said his, his conclusion was. He was going to, to store up all of the blessings that God gave him rather than share a single one with other people. He didn't even return a tithe on it, which God says to do with your crops, right? Because mm-hmm. So he was robbing God and robbing the people around him of the blessings that God wanted to give them through him. So true. <laughs> and sometimes this happens to us in life where God's blessings can become a curse to us mm-hmm. if we do not use them in the way that God gave them to us to use, if we don't use them in the right way for his glory. You know what? That's actually a really good point. Like the only reason why God ever blesses any of us is so that we can be a blessing to others. Mm. And so that by blessing them, we can help them to learn him and his love for them. I'm just remembering a verse here in Psalms, Psalm 67, verse 7, God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. That's mm. the purpose of being blessed, like to lead us to a love for God, mm. you know, that not mm. being afraid of him, fear him, but fear him in that you reverential awe and, yes. and be amazed at who God is for you. Mm. So yeah, God doesn't bless us <laughs> to keep it to ourselves, but that we might bless others. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So this man builds, tears down his barns, builds bigger ones, stores it all up, all his crops, all of his goods, all for him. And he says, verse 19, 
He says, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Now he's putting his safety in his goods.、Mm, that's right. And this is actually laziness too, right? He's saying, I don't have to work ever again because、huh. it's all just come all at once.、Mm-hmm. Now this kind of brings something to mind. Someone listening might be thinking, well, does that mean I should never set aside anything for retirement?、Mm-hmm. Is it wrong to set things aside for retirement? No. And our answer is no.、Um, Proverbs chapter thirteen verse twenty-two is a, a good verse on this topic. It、um, it says this. It says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So, it's wise to not only leave an inheritance to our children's children if we have them, but to provide for ourselves so that later in life, when we don't have the same physical energy. That we can、um, be able to live on that, but God still wants us to use those years to serve Him and to use our energy for His glory. So that's a bit. We're going to take a look at God's response to this after、uh, this next song, and I think maybe a news clip. Yeah, true. That、uh, we、news. listen to as well. But come back or stay there because we're gonna dive into the rest of this parable. Enjoy. Lay up for yourself lay treasures, up in heaven. Your treasures in heaven. Oh, people, lay up your treasures in glory, where nothing in this world can take them away. Oh, listen, people, hear the master say, "Come and lay up your treasures in heaven." Oh, people, lay up your treasures in glory. Your treasures in this world will fade away, but the things of the Lord will last forevermore, forevermore. Well, the Lord looked down and saw the people there, tied up in worry and burdened with care. He said, "Seek first the kingdom, and you will see the things that will last for eternity." Come and lay up your treasures in heaven. Oh, people, lay up your treasures in glory, where nothing in this world can take them away. Oh, listen, people, hear the master say, "Come and lay up your treasures in heaven." Oh, people, lay up your treasures in glory. Your treasures in this world will fade away, but the things of the Lord will last forevermore. People trust in their silver and gold. They put their faith in the wealth they hold. But fortunes will fade and kingdoms fall. So put your trust in the Lord of all. Won't you lay up your treasures in heaven? Oh, people, lay up your treasures in glory, where nothing in this world can take them away. Oh, listen, people, hear the master say, "Come and lay up." Your treasures in heaven, oh people, lay up your treasures in glory. Your treasures in this world will fade away, but the things of the Lord will last forevermore, 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 forevermore. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Ooh, pancakes. 
waffles, orange juice, Vegemite on toast. I don't smell any of that. This is a Bible study. Yeah, but I thought this was like the breakfast show. No, it's a show at breakfast time. We do quizzes, interviews, good news and current events. That kind of breakfast show. Blake, I know that you're new here, but we're trying to feed people spiritual food, not physical food. Okay, well, why didn't you tell me that before I got to the studio? It's in your job description. Now, please do the intro. Tune in every weekday morning right here on Faith FM for the new Breakfast Combo with Blake and Lawson. Oh, 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 
everyone you're listening to a repeat of our live show looking up that's right and if you think this is good you'll definitely want to tune in on wednesdays at 3 30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate there's a free giveaway that you can claim you can text in your questions and prayer requests live is so much more fun so catch you then to the Looking Up program. This is a live broadcast today. It's Wednesday the 16th of August. And before we continue with the final part of our Bible study, it's just been flying today. We want to remind our listeners that we have a prize giveaway. Some of you have already claimed the prize. I'm not sure how many are left. But if you want to be in the running to be one of the top seven people to text us today, please uh, do so by texting the code word, which is LU233. Things, no spaces, just LU two three things. Text that to zero four triple eight one seven six two four. Yeah. All right. Now we've been looking at the parable of the rich fool who Jesus, before he started the parable, he said, Beware of covetousness or the greedy desire for more. Um because the things life consists of more than the things which one possesses. And so we've been taking a look at the natural tendency we have to keep and for most of us to collect and to save and to let clutter build rather than to organize and get rid of things and declutter and donate. Um, but let's move on through the parable. We've seen that this man had his ground yield plentifully, lots of fruit, lots of produce. And what did he do? He thought within himself. Instead of praying to God, he talked to himself, thought within himself. And since he had no room... He said, I'm going to tear down my barns, build bigger ones, and I'm going to store all my crops and my goods. Mm -hmm. So instead of giving things away, instead of giving these crop part of this crop away, he decided to keep all of it, not just most of it, all of it. And God doesn't give us blessings just for us, does he? Mm -mm. He gives us blessings to share with others and to bless others. And so after doing this, he's, God said to him, you fool. You fool. Pretty strong word. Mm. Now, when it comes to hoarding, we were talking about hoarding earlier and the tendency to keep and accumulate things. And I shared that I kind of have this natural tendency to a degree. Um, I'm nipping it in the bud. You know, I'm dealing with it now uh, by trying to organize my things and get rid of things that I don't need or that I'm willing to let go of. But there are some root causes, and we're going to look at just a few of these together. I want to just look at three positive reasons why people would hoard and keep things yeah first of all frugality is it wise to be frugal i believe so yeah to be careful and wise with the money god gives us yeah yeah absolutely so let's just use the example of a shoelace let's say you have to throw away your shoes but they're really beautiful shoelaces <laughs> so you take out the shoelaces and you put them in your uh, your storage room because you never know you might end up needing them down the line and let's say you get inspired and say, well, um, I'm just going to get rid of stuff I don't need. I've had those shoelaces there for four years. I haven't used them yet. I probably won't. I'm going to chuck them. So you get rid of them 
And the next week, lo and behold, what do you need? Shoelaces. <laughs> It's happened to all of us, right? And then you're like, ah,、oh, I shouldn't have gotten rid of that. And then you're just like, I'm never getting rid of anything ever again because I'm gonna need it the next week. Yes. And so frugality and practicality.、Mm. These are positive reasons to save things. Now, there's nothing wrong with keeping things as long as we have the space for them, and they are organized.、Mm-hmm. Two things: we need space. And we need organization, so we can find them. Right? Those are the two keys that I've come to the conclusion of、um, that it's important to have. Now, if you want to go full-on minimalist and live in a tiny house or you know, in even a smaller space, you know, more power to you. But、um, if you want to be able to to draw on the things that you have,、uh, then just be sure that you have the space for them. Live within your space and、uh, organize it as best as possible. The last positive reason I think why people tend to hoard things is that they see value in things. This happened to me in 2014. I was I was helping my parents, or I went to visit my parents for six weeks, and I told my dad I was going to help him organize this tool shed that he had, and it had some other things in it as well. And as we were going through things, or as he would come home. Um, at various times, I would say, "Hey, what is this?" And it looked like rubbish to me, but he would say, "Oh, that's actually a specialty tool that's used for this and this in this situation." And as a builder、um, and a jack of many trades, he knew exactly what it was for. And not only that, he saw the value in things because he knew he could restore and remaster them, and they could be beautiful again. So sometimes we see the value in things, but we don't factor in the time that we don't have to put into it if we don't have the time. Others of us save things, and we do plan to get to them. Some of the negative reasons and root causes for our hoarding and collecting and keeping is, I would suggest, a lack of trust in God. Like there's this tendency to think, "Oh man, I'll never ever again get another one of these," right? But how did it come to you in the first place? You bought it, or someone gave it to you, or you found it. Right, and if God provided it for you once, who's to say He won't give you something even better if you make space for it and give that to somebody else?、Mm-hmm. Um, so, lack of trust in God can be at the core. Like, I'm going to keep everything because I might need this and not be able to get it. Whereas, it's wise to to trust in the Lord for our things and have a good balance of keeping the things He's given us if we have the space and they're organized. Next, selfishness. It's the natural human tendency to keep, to keep, to keep. And I think that is the biggest thing. The greedy desire for more is、um, that natural human tendency. So God tells this man, "You fool! This night your life will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided?" He didn't even think about his family. Did you catch that? It was all about him. Like, what about his children or his wife? Maybe he didn't have kids. Maybe he didn't have any. And either way, God says. When you die, who you think is going to get all that stuff? That's right. And he didn't think about giving it to others.、Mm-hmm. Here's a plug for、um, doing a will.、Yeah. You know, it's wise to do, even if you're young like us.、Um, we're going to do one. We've talked about doing one sometime soon. Well, we said that a year ago. I'm sure we'll get to it eventually. <laughs> But Jesus ends with this punchline. Sharissa, please read it for us. Verse 21 of、yes. Luke 12. Jesus says, "So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God." Wow. So Jesus says, "This parable is an example of people who put things above people and things above God, and that's what this man was doing. Who came to Jesus? Who sparked this parable? Who said, 'Hey, Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me.'" And Jesus said, "Ah, beware of that greedy desire for more stuff.'"
And he then ends by saying, So is he who has laid up, who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. There's nothing wrong with saving that treasure if it's your retirement and your, um, your saving money. That's a blessing. That's a good thing. But if it comes at the cost of being rich toward God by being generous to others, then it is a problem. Jesus said, so we've seen the, the problem. Now, God's solution. Here it is. Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Sharissa, you want to read this for us, please? Yes. Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal and where there are rate hikes all the time. <laughs> I added that. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There you go. And what is the treasure in heaven? Is it the gates of pearl or the streets of gold? Yeah, or... It's pavement, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. That is just structural material. Yeah. The treasure in heaven is... People. That's right. The people. The people in heaven are God's treasure. Proverbs eleven twenty four and 25. Um, I'll read 24. Shavasi, read 25. It says, There is one who scatters and yet increases more. You can actually give away and be getting more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Mm-hmm. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Wow. The generous soul, not the greedy soul, the generous soul will be made rich. Mm-hmm. And he who waters by blessing others, he will be watered himself. Amen. That is God's key. The solution, God's solution to man's problem of greedily keeping and hoarding and collecting and saving just for us and our own selfish desire, God's solution is to give. Mm. This is his solution in one word. And this is, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're just thinking about that treasures in heaven and, and it being people. Um, the, the biblical uh, verse, for one of the Bible verses that supports that is Ephesians 1, 18, where it says, What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Like that's the riches of heaven. It's people in, in people. Mm. And uh, thinking, you know, like this world, things go and come and go all the time, but that's the only bank where the, you know, the returns are out of this world. Yeah. Amen. Literally. Absolutely. <laughs> Amen. Most definitely. Yeah. There's, um, there's a book called The Adventist Home that was uh, happened to be written by my uh, triple great-grandmother. And um, yeah, her name is Ellen White. And it's a beautiful book of uh, like a compilation of different, different biblical principles. And I love this sentence um, from page 370. And it's a principle we find throughout the Bible. And it says this, continual giving does what, Sharissa? Starves covetousness to death. Yeah. Wow. Continual giving starves covetousness to death. Powerful. That greedy desire for more. If we're continually giving things away, it will starve that greedy desire to collect and to save and to hoard and to keep for ourselves. It will actually starve it. And when it comes to money, if we give to God's cause, if we give to people in need, then it will it will nip that problem in the bud of having that greedy desire for ourselves. Absolutely. And you know what I found? Um, is that the more we give, the more God gives to us. Mm. Because we're safe to bless. Yeah. Because very he knows true. that we'll bless others. Very and true. That's what he wants to do. He just wants to bless us. Powerful point. Yeah. The the book Christ's Object Lessons is a commentary on the different parables of Jesus, and it's beautiful. On this parable, it says this to live for self is to perish. What's another word for perish? Die. 
Yeah. To live for self is to die. Covetousness, the desire of benefit for self's sake, cuts the soul off from life. It is the spirit of Satan to get, to draw to self. It is the spirit of Christ to give, to sacrifice self for the good of others. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. God's solution to this problem of, of selfishness at the core is to give. True. And it doesn't matter if hoarding is your issue or if it's something else. The root is selfishness. That's right. That's it. Like there's selfishness and selflessness. God's love and the opposite of that is selfishness. Yeah, that's you're the one who told me that. I always instantly think the opposite of love is hate, but it's selfishness. Yeah, that's right. Because love is other centeredness, centeredness helping others. Mm-hmm. But um, opposite of that is looking out for yourself, which is so natural to us. I love, um, I think it was Dwight Nelson. I heard him preach this many years ago, and he said, love in order for it to be love must begin with you and end with somebody else. Mm, powerful. I love that. Ephesians 5 verse 5 tells us this. It says, For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Wow. Mm -hmm. That means if we hold on to this greedy desire for more, we won't make it into God's kingdom. But it's not like God is saying, I'm going to punish you if you're covetous. If you have this greediness and this desire for, for yourself, it's actually the natural result. Mm-hmm. Heaven is going to be full of giving and selflessness. Mm-hmm. So those who have built a habit of keeping would actually be miserable in heaven. That's right. They wouldn't want to be there. It would not be enjoyable to them. And so God in his mercy offers to remove that from us here and now. How? Through giving. Mm-hmm. Through generously giving. And uh, this is what will starve covetous covetousness to death. Um, Shrissy, you want to read this quote for us yes. as we bring it to an end? In living for self, he has rejected that divine love which would have flowed out in mercy to his fellow men. This is the, the man in the parable who built bigger barns and kept everything. Right. Thus he has rejected life. When you live for self, you reject life. Wow. For God is love and love is life. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? Powerful. God is love. That's First John 4 verse 8. And love is life. God offers us a better life, a fuller life. How? Through giving. Because giving starves that natural covetousness, that natural tendency to keep and to collect and to save for us and to look out for ourselves. Giving to others. Giving to God's cause, which is giving um, to others and to the gospel going to all the world. This keeps that in check and starves it so that we are generous like he is. Amen. Well, I hope you've been blessed. This has been a really practical Bible study. Stay with us. We're going to listen to Marla King now and be back. I need to stop wanting what everyone has just for the sake of having it. I need to stop wanting what everyone has and take only what I can give with. Make my life simple. Make my life sweet. I want forever to sit at your feet. I need to stop wanting what everyone has and take only what I can give with. I need to take only what I can give back just for the sake of sharing it. I need to take only what I can give back and want only what I must live with. Make my life simple, make my life sweet. I want forever to sit at your feet. I 
sake of your life in me, I give the keeping of my life to thee, and find more than all I can join. That was a nice song. Beautiful. Well, Justin, thank you so much uh, for leading us through what I think has been a very practical study. And uh, what would be your final words that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Yeah. Well, two things. First off, um, let us do our best with what God has blessed us with, what he's given us. First Corinthians 14 verse 40 says, let everything be done decently and in order. And so, Sharissa, you can testify to the fact I'm not finished yet, but I'm like halfway through organizing our closet and all of my clothes folded, organized, so you can see everything that's there on the shelf in one glance. It's true. And I've been enjoying it. Amen. I've really been enjoying it. <laughs> um, so let's do our very best with what God has blessed us with. Let's be as organized as possible so we can be as effective for God as possible. Mm-hmm. Because he's a God of, of order and structure. Um, but the greatest thing, I believe, and lesson that we have centers around Calvary's cross. Mm. God's solution to man's problem of selfishness is to give. And the greatest example of that that we find is in Jesus Christ himself. His whole life was lived to give to others. He owned nothing. He didn't have a place to lay his head. He didn't rent a home or own a house. He didn't have money of his own. You know, the the ladies that followed provided for him and his disciples, the wealthy widows that looked after them. But Jesus gave his time. Jesus gave his energy. Jesus gave his focus and his all for the sake of others being able to be in his kingdom. Mm. And when we spend time with him, we will be inspired to do the same and to live as he lived, to have the mind of Christ, as it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Mm-hmm. You look at Christ on the cross and think about it. He didn't get murdered. When you read the Bible, it's clear. He breathes, before breathing his last and exhaling, the Bible says that he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then after saying, I give my spirit into your hands, Jesus bowed his head and breathed his last. He didn't, oh, you know, yell and then his head fell afterward, but he actually bowed his head and he gave up his breath. He gave even his breath, his life for you and me. What a God we serve. What an incredible God that Jesus gave his everything, his robe, his clothes were taken from him, everything. And he was willing to risk losing eternity so that we could be saved in heaven with him and with each other. And as we spend time focusing on the cross of Christ, and as we spend time in his word focusing on him, we will naturally have this love of his fill us. And this generosity and this spirit of giving will fill us as we spend time focusing on his selflessness. Beautiful. Thank you, Justin. I I think that's a beautiful way for us to finish as we think on these things. And would you pray for our listeners as we close? Sure, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for all that you have done for us, for what you are doing for us, and for what you will do for us. 
Lord, we thank you so much that Jesus, our perfect example, did not live life for himself. Even in the moments where he could have said, forget it, let man die for his own sins, I'm going back to heaven where I belong, and it wouldn't have been wrong. We thank you that he pushed forward and he endured the cross so that we could have an eternity with you in heaven. So Lord, we thank you and we pray that this same selfless spirit that Jesus had while living here on this earth and that you have and that all the angels exhibit in ministering to us, we pray that it would fill our hearts and that we would give and give and give until we see you come in the clouds of glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, do join us again this time next week. And in the meantime, remember that fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. So keep looking up and may God bless you. Take care. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up should the tears begin to start with a prayer all your cares he will cast into the depths of the sea his love is always there for me